Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks podcast, the betting edition for the Players' Championship, a big one this week, the flagship event of the PGA Tour. And you know it's a big one because we're together. I'm Jason Sobel of Golf Bet. He's Ben Everill of the PGA Tour, and we are sitting on site at TPC Sawgrass. Benny, you and I don't get to do pods next to each other very often. How cool is this? Yeah, mate, sensational stuff. G'day to everyone out there. It's a, obviously, as you said, a huge week this week, and it's always nice to be in your company, champion. Um, you know, look, we just get to kick about and have a bit of fun and it should be a massive week we're a little close your knees touching me right now but we'll figure that out as we go through the pod you so know you love it as always we're gonna go through 18 holes our 18 favorite bets of the week benny as always you are first on the tee here at the players championship right. away. i found this bet and i just could not let it go one of those triple chance options that you get where you get to pick three guys i think it was DraftKings. a triple chance that had these three players as your options Adam Scott. Okay. Mark Leishman. Uh-huh. And Cameron Smith. Now, they, they've got they some... all come from... They're Aussie boys. Uh, look, the plus 1,200 number, I don't know if I'm that excited about that number, but how can I let that one go? I can't let that one slide through. Can't let it go to the catcher. So I've had a swing, and I think that there's something there. Adam Scott's actually playing his 20th players championship oh my goodness so and he was the 2004 champ then you've got leash who's struggled a bit at sawgrass but you never know he's been rounding out into some form and cameron smith obviously he's a local here these days he lives not far from the course mm-hmm. he did okay last time out here his first sort of half decent showing a top 20 so just for all my aussie friends out there have a look at that one he is indeed the aussie whisperer so when he <laughs> speaks australian you might want to listen all right let's go to hole two i'm going to start out with the top five play and when last we saw Daniel Berger, things were not very good. He was the 54-hole leader at the Honda Classic two weeks ago. That turned out with a fourth-place finish. So I know he was disappointed, but 
I think he can bounce back, and I think he can bounce back in a big way on a golf course that really should suit his game a lot this week. Top five at plus 800. I think that's a really good number for Daniel Berger this week, so I'm going to start my card there. I love that play, mate. He's obviously yeah, the big on that strokes gained approach stat that's huge at two-piece of sawgrass for March winners. I'm a really big fan of that. My top 10 on the third hole, looking at a, another international, but not an Aussie, Louis Oosthuizen. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's had one runner-up, obviously, at the players. He's the type of ball striker you need around this sort of thing. Will he win? We always talk about that. He doesn't have a lot of value in terms of winning most weeks. He hasn't only done that one time on the PGA Tour back in 2010. As a top 10, though, plus 450, I don't mind that. And most of my bets this week, I've actually added a sort of a B option, if you will. And mm-hmm. so my B option here is a guy that I was going to be big on. Got a little gun shy after last week, and that's Will Zalatoris. Look, strokes gained approach in our March winners. I think it's four of the last five or all five of six have been, you know, in the top five of strokes gained approach. So Zalatoris, he leads the tour this year in that stat. So another reason for me to have a look at it. Look, I love Zalatoris, but I loved him a lot more seven days ago when I thought he was (laughs) going to win the API than after he made more bogeys than me over the last 54 <laughs> holes at Bay Hill. And so, uh, yeah, maybe tougher conditions too. I still like Zalatoris. I think that's a nice play. All right, I'm going to go on hole four with my top 10 play. And I'm going with the guy that tends to play his best golf on Florida golf courses. He's won in Florida before at the Honda Classic. He's had a couple of top fives at the API. And he's played decent in just one start here at the Players' Championship. But Sungjae Im's uh. game should really be a good fit for TPC Sawgrass. I'm looking for that trending upwards not the guy who's played his best golf over the last few weeks but the guy who's about to play his best remember he took a few weeks off and then came over to florida i still think he's getting back into it the pga tours iron man who maybe wasn't used to coming off a, a few weeks off so now he's getting back into the flow of things on a week in week out basis a top 10 plus 450 for our guy sung jay why do you keep doing guys i can't like find fault with like, you know, I can't smash any of our international guys. Because you're Im's sitting gonna... next to me, oh, no. and I, I'm worried you're going to punch me if I start <laughs> playing guys you don't like. Uh, all right, I'm going to go to first-round leader. And what a surprise. Again, I've got a guy that is not American. Another international star, Hideki Matsuyama is oh. my pick. And by the way, like, have a look at him across all the top markets, okay? I think that he's a big chance. But the reason I've gone first-round leader is I think that obviously we had the, what, 2020 players where he went out and shot the 63 that doesn't exist. Right. You're not going to find that. Remember. Doesn't exist. You're not going to see that in any record book. (laughs) So he shot 63, and then the tournament was canceled the next day. So you won't find it anywhere, but he did it. Doesn't mean he didn't do it. He tied the course record. The funny thing about that, too, is they tried to find maybe a loophole that they could make it count just as a record. But one player didn't finish their round that day, oh, had a putt to right. go. One player didn't finish that round out to make it an official round of any description. So he did not get that. And look, I saw it too. You can get him top five after the first round yes. as well. And that was the decent value as well, I think, for Hideki. So what was that, 600 or something? I, Six I really like those players. Yeah. And usually it's only for the big events. We know the Players' yeah. Championship, obviously a big event when you can go top five in the first round. All right. You gave your first round leader. I'll give mine as well. Abraham Answer. Has played each of his last four Thursday rounds in the 60s. Now, he's gone kind of in descending order. He went 66, then 67, 68, 69. I wish the trend was going the other way, but still, (laughs) all four in the 60s. He's finished 12th and 22nd in his two starts on this golf course. 
He's got a morning tea time like Matsuyama, I believe, yeah, correct? That's right. And yeah. so I do think that's going to help on this golf course on Thursday, knowing the weather that's going to come through here. And we'll talk about that as well. But Abraham answer at 65 to one for a first wow. round leader play. Yep. He's one of those guys that has not played his best golf. Only one finish inside the top 30 so far in 2022. But I think you can get some good numbers on him, not only for Thursday, but through the entire course of the four round tournament. All right, mate, the seventh hole. Seventh hole. I'm going to the seventh hole. I'm going to my top 40. Now, you sort of referenced there. We do need to let people know that as of Monday when we're doing this, the weather report is not necessarily great for the rest of the week in terms of potential thunderstorms and whatnot. Now, now let's go through it. It looks like it, from everything I'm seeing, Thursday and Friday, 80% chance of rain. There's going to mm -hmm. be some serious storms that come through this place. It's going to be hot, rainy, wet, muddy. And then on the weekend, all of a sudden it completely reverses. We get cooler weather highs in the low to mid fifties yeah. and wind. It's going to be a two to three club wind could look very much like the Arnold Palmer Invitational did this past weekend. So we could see some massive juggling on the leaderboard. We won't really know how it's all going to play until we get closer to those days in terms of that forecast. But you mentioned API and how it finished. So a guy from my top 40 bet this week is someone who finished strong there at API and snuck miles up the leaderboard without anyone noticing Lucas Herbert, top Ooh, 40 bet here. Yeah. Lucas is a rank outsider this week, being a first-timer at the players, which doesn't help. But if it gets wet and windy, this guy knows how to play in the wind. He's also done well on the European Tour. He's a couple-of-time winner over there when things get hairy. His top 40 number was like 275, 68, as I said, to finish Bay Hill. I think there's some value there. I'll give you my top 40s in just a few minutes. But first, eighth hole, I'm going to go with the top 20 play, and it's a guy that Shouldn't surprise anybody, and I expect him to be on a lot of cards this week. Matt Fitzpatrick playing some of the best golf of his life. It's a very conservative play with a top 20 on him. I don't mind top 10, maybe even top five. Or if you want to play him outright, if you look at his total strokes gain this season, only Colin Morikawa has been better. He is leading John Rahm, in fact, who's third on that list. What does that say? Well, he's playing really, really good golf. He's starting to get those results. Top 10 finish at API this past weekend. He likes playing tough golf courses as well. If the weather does indeed make this a really hard weekend of golf, you can see Fitzpatrick going out there and only having to post a couple of birdies on the weekend and just not making too many mistakes. Top 20 is, like I said, at plus 175, a very conservative play, but one which should pay off. Love it, mate. I'll close out the front nine with Please. my top 20 guys then, okay? My top 20 is a couple of guys at 200, so plus 200. Again, somewhat conservative. But I like the look of the ball strikers, as we talked about on approach. Yako Neiman, the winner at the Genesis Invitational for me, is someone that potentially with the weather could, you know, he bombs it out there. He's going to be able to take sort of aim at the pins with his approach game. Mm -hmm. I like Neiman at 200. And then one guy who generally doesn't play well unless it's a week like this, Brooks Kepka. Oh. I think there at 200 is potential value. If he fires up this week, as he usually does for the massive events, he could be an outlier that people are forgetting about. I see what's going on there. You, PGA Tour employee, are suggesting that the Players' Championship is a major, and therefore <laughs> Brooks Kepka will play well. I, I see what you're doing there. Very Something sneaky, like but a little <laughs> subtle. I, I like that. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a little break. They've got some great food here at the turn at TBC Sawgrass. We're going to go jump into that. But first, we're now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Brettwish and Spencer Aguiar golf betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays 
for the Players' Championship. Thank you, Jason and Ben. We are always excited to be back with the Action Network here for the Players' Championship. Another light card for me, just so much water, so much carnage, just a lot of volatility this weekend. It should be a great one to watch, but one that will be a lot lighter on my wallet. I will start it with Russ Henley in the top 40 market. FanDuel's got him at plus 135. My price is at plus 105, so just about 30 points of value there for a guy that's got seven straight top 35 finishes and rather quality events and strong fields. He's not the best course history here on paper. I believe it's three missed cuts in a row. I'm buying the recent form and my model's overall course fit here for an excellent iron player who's historically been fine on Pete Dye tracks, can handle the rough weather conditions here that we anticipate. He's a great scrambler and really good at bogey avoidance, something that I value a lot this week. Johnny Vegas on FanDuel is plus 260. My price, and it seems like most of the market, is right around plus 175. The ball striking extraordinaire who can also handle the weather issues we talked about with Henley. He's excellent off the tee, can score on par fives. I overall just think he's kind of mispriced for a guy that does very well at TPC properties. And then my last play this week in the placement market is Abraham Answer. Top 40 on points bet is plus 120. My price is all the way down to minus 115. He's actually one of my models overall. Top course fits, who's a great ball striker, a great scrambler, and another guy that can handle these horrible anticipated weather conditions. Spencer, what's on the card, my man? Thanks, Nick. My mentality this week is to take some prices a little further down the board because of the weather and inconsistency of TPC Sawgrass. I feel like that provides me my best chance to gain an advantage inside of the placement markets. But I have six wagers that I'm going to rattle through very quickly, starting once again with Sebastian Munoz, plus 260 on FanDuel. That is plus 160 on DraftKings. I noted last week on the show how Munoz had averaged 5.43 strokes to the field with his ball striking over his last three starts. And while that number did see a slight decrease after his showing at the API, he still managed to gain with all facets of his game outside of putting. Munoz has now posted four top 39 finishes in a row, and his top 40 ranking in this field on fast slash lightning greens provides us hope that the flat stick can turn around at a track he has gained three shots at last season when combining around the green and putting. Moving in the other direction on the board, I also like Russell Henley at plus 135 on FanDuel. I think all the statistical reasons Nick noted are why he is in play this week, but I noticed an error on FanDuel's site in the way Henley is priced inside of the top 30 and 40 markets. Both of those numbers were placed at plus 135, giving us somewhere between a 40 to 50 point error on their part. I do want to note that I have this number proper at plus 110, so it's not as if there's a huge advantage to be had. But I'm going to take my chances on this mistake and bet Henley's upside this week. I punched tickets on both Seamus Power plus 185 and Keegan Bradley plus 195. I'll start with Power before getting to Bradley, but the reason for those tickets are both very similar. Power imploded at the API on Thursday, but eventually got back on track Friday by gaining in all metrics. To me, that is more important than a random aberrational round. And I'm willing to give him one more shot at what I consider to be a generous price tag on FanDuel after missing three cuts in a row. And then as for Bradley, this is a similar spot that I just mentioned with power where perception is outweighing reality. The market is down on power after his string of bad luck. The industry always seems to be down on Bradley because of his random volatility. But the American ranks third in my reweighted T to green category to try and mimic TPC Sawgrass. And then I closed out my card with Thomas Peters plus 250 to come top 40 on FanDuel and a rare top 30 for me on Abraham answer at plus 180 on points bet. The Peters wager will be a low unit exposure play on a golfer that is elite out of the sand and with his distance. 
Those are two qualities that can separate him at TBC Sawgrass. And I think Nick's route of a top 40 at plus 120 on answer is also fine. But I'm going to push the envelope a little because of the weather and try to play these a little more robustly. Answer is one of my favorite values on the board this week. And his combination of good drive percentage, which places him first in this field, and bogey avoidance, a category he is 11, gives us an underrated commodity that can top 30 this event and even possibly walk out of the week victorious. I love it. So we're both on Russell Henley, it sounds like. Johnny Vegas, top 40. Abraham Answer, top 40 and top 30. Sebastian Munoz, top 40. Seamus Power, oh man, broke my heart last week, top 40. Keegan Bradley and Thomas Peters, top 40. Good luck to everybody, and we'll kick it back to you, Jason. All right, let's get to the back nine. We've fully gorged ourselves in the TBC Sawgrass Clubhouse, so I guess we got to go out and play some more golf and make some more bets. So I will start off on the 10th tee with a whole bunch of top 40s. These guys range from plus 160 to plus 200. I like these guys for low-end DFS plays. I like these guys for top 40s. All solid plays. Not picking any names you don't know, but you go a little bit further down the list and you can find a bunch of guys. Here's a six-pack. Russell Knox, Francesco Molinari, Brian Harmon, C.T. Pan, Aaron Wise, and Matt Kuchar. And Matt Kuchar, I throw in there at the end, Let's remember, Benny, each of the last two editions of the Players' Championship, we've seen a 47-year-old Lee Westwood finish runner-up last year. The edition before that, remember, they didn't play 2020. Back in 2019, a 48-year-old Jim Furyk finished runner-up. If you're looking for a 40-something who maybe you're not quite thinking about, maybe a Matt Kuchar week? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't mind the uh, premise. I just don't know if Kuchar's going to be the old bugger that does it. You know, Adam Scott's in his 40s, isn't he? So well, I'm looking for I'm looking for a guy in his 40s that no one's talking That's about. True. Adam Scott is still a and he does have some some history there. Type Cooch, I do remember it, actually it was it was your question, wasn't it? The ATM question when Cooch won. It was in the press conference <laughs> right after Matt Coocher won 10 years ago this week when I said, "Hey Matt, you know, how does it feel to finally get off the Schneid and win a big event?" He goes, "Feels great." So why don't you go suck, suck it, it. Sobel? <laughs> it was one of my favorite lines of all time. With yeah, it was one of Matt's favorites too. Oh dear. All right, we're hitting this back nine as you said at Sawgrass, which is where all the entertainment is, right? So I better throw out some long shots and some options for people to look at to get a bit of you know lottery feel and maybe get a big payout. So mm-hmm. my long shot to look at are two former champions, not that far removed champions at Sawgrass. Matt in, Kuchar. No. Siwoo Kim. Yeah. He's just a Pete Dice specialist. Yes, he is. Absolute specialist. And love it. He can go hardcore at any moment on this course, yet still the youngest ever player's winner. Sort of guy that I think could come out of nowhere. And at the 80, 90 to 1, even 100 to 1 plus that you see, Mm -hmm. definitely worth a nibble, I think. And the other one will surprise people given the news of last week, but Jason Day, 80, 90, 100 as well. The 2016 champion, he obviously sadly lost his mother in her battle from cancer last week, but he is intending to play. And I feel like the emotion could go one way or the other, but if it does go in the right direction, he may well put himself up there and around the mark. So there was one market too that from these big ones, which is low round of the week. I could see Jason Day throwing up a 64, 65 one day and staying around the peripheral contention for one or two, three rounds. So just someone to think about. If you're one of these people that bets based on narratives, Jason Day has a great narrative this week. Condolences to the Day family. It's terrible that he's going through this right now, but maybe, you know, kind of playing in his mother's memory would be an amazing story this week. So I think a lot of people... Rooting for Jason. Okay, I will get here to the 12th hole. 
and go with a matchup here. I'm trying to figure out a way to get Sam Burns in. I, I really like Sam Burns' game, much like Abraham Answer. He's a guy that maybe hasn't played his best golf yet this year, but that just means the price is a little bit longer. And I like him at even money against a name that you mentioned, Joaquin Neiman. It's oh. not like I really want to fade Neiman this week, but I really do like Sam Burns. Back on Bermuda, Bermuda Burns. Hey, it should all match up. I'm going to wipe the slate clean of those three miscuts on the West Coast and hope that he's back to playing his better golf here in Florida. That sounds like a side bet between you and me, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, we it. might have to do something okay, there. Done. Sweet. All right, we're going hole to 13. hole 13. I'll go to a top five here. So I'll go from being sort of long shot to more conservative again. Guy that for some reason doesn't seem to hit the people's chat so often in these big events, but who suits this place brilliantly, Colin Morikawa. I think mm-hmm. that he has to be in your thoughts when you're talking all the sort of top five, ten, outright, etc. First round later, anything you can think of, although I think he's in the afternoon and day one. I feel like Morikawa is big and set for this. It is his type of golf course. He is, again, as we talked about, one of those players that's way up in the strokes gained approach statistic. So I think you can't leave him out of any sort of talk this week. I'm going to talk a whole lot about Colin Morikawa <laughs> in just a minute. First, I'm going to jump in here at hole 14 and... Steal one of your plays. Usually, Benny, right. we get on the podcast together. We're on opposite ends of the country. You're on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. It's like a Biggie Tupac kind of battle between us. But since we're in person together, I looked over your shoulder at your notes and <laughs> I saw that you, you had plus 150 for no hole in one. Look, it's no fun to root against holes in one, but plus 150 seems like a pretty good number to yeah. not have an ace, not have something drop into the hole this week. So I'll take that plus 150 number. Yeah, look, I did have that one written down. <laughs> now, part of that too is because this weather we talked about, right? I know it'll be wet and so they can sort of take aim, but if the wind is up, if things are slimy, and anytime you're saying that there'll definitely be a hole in one, I think you're reaching, aren't you, a little bit? So yeah. if you see a plus number, uh, that looks juicy to me. But the only, the only problem is, I mean, we're sweating that out through all the final <laughs> yeah. groups on 17 on Sunday. Go, come on, don't go with the hole. Yeah. Don't go with the hole. Come on, <laughs> just one more guy. Get through it. Okay. Uh, sensational. All right. So now you forced me to go elsewhere. Okay. Um, so I was looking at those matchups as well. And again, I don't like to sort of show the negative side of things, but when I saw that I could get plus 100 for the defending champion, Justin Thomas, who mm-hmm. I also think has to be looked at across all your outrights, fives, tens, etc., cetera, yeah. over John Rahm, who still sits as equal favorite for this event, despite the fact that he has not shown any great form of late, struggling with his putter. Could he come out of nowhere and do well? Yes, of course. But while I've got the odds of the guy that I think is going to do great against him, it looks pretty good to me. I like that a lot. Justin Thomas has been knocking on the door really for the past year, waiting to add another win to that tally. It's been a year since uh, that win, and it wouldn't surprise me if JT is the first back-to-back winner here at the Players' Championship. Okay, hole 16 we mentioned Colin Morikawa, and I'm going to start out my Morikawa bets with a group bet on DraftKings, taking Morikawa in a fivesome at plus 275 over Hideki Matsuyama, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, and some guy named Adam Scott. Uh, <laughs> do you like that guy? It's not that I want to fade those other guys, but I don't have them top five or really those guys in top 10 on my list this week. I have them just below that. And so Morikawa is a guy that I really like. I'm going to talk more about him in a minute. I don't want to give you everything just yet, but... Morikawa in that five-man group this week. All right, so 17th hole for me. My last crack at this. Obviously, I'm going to give you my 17. Advice. Don't go in the water on 17. Yeah. You want to aim well, for the middle of the green. Here's the thing. I made this choice before <laughs> yesterday, before Sunday at API, and I've been gung-ho on this for a couple of weeks, this mm-hmm. guy doing well here. But if I am worried about the water ball on 17, it is what happened sort of yesterday. 
somewhat. And that's Victor Hovland, mm. 20 to 1. I still like him as long as some of that short game, especially bunker players, not in his head from the last day or last few days at Bay Hill. If he's able to sort of refresh himself and get ready, again, he's a ball striking machine. He just gets overlooked by almost everyone in these markets. It doesn't get the respect I think he deserves. He's an out and out stud and star. And with an Aussie caddy, I love him to bits. Um, I feel like if he can stay out of the sand, maybe he's good value there at, at 21. And the other guy I can't look past when I saw the forecast is mm-hmm. Rory. I know sure. he faded as well at API. I know he's angry about how that went, but he started on fire 16 to one. I saw when it gets wet, he bombs it. He loves it. And, you know, he's a former champion as well. I just think that that plays into his hands. I'm going to go with my favorite outright. I'd love to give you Benny a guy with a big number, but quite frankly, mm-hmm. We haven't seen a Craig Burks win here in a while. We haven't seen a Fred Funk win here in a long time. It's been Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Webb Simpson before that. It's been the bigger names as of late. And so I'm looking at another big name. I think you've got to do everything well at TBC Sawgrass. This is a course that tests every aspect of your game. And so my favorite outright this week is a guy who leads the PGA Tour in total strokes gained, leads the all-around category. That means he's doing everything really well. That could portend a win this week. He's not afraid of being in the hunt at a big-time tournament. Colin Morikawa, 16-1, to is my favorite outright this week. I get it. Might be a little chalky. I don't care. I think he's primed and ready to win this thing this week. Remember, didn't play great last year, a 41st-place finish, but in his first start at the Players, a final round 66, hmm, maybe just foreshadowing a little bit. I love that. I love that. As I said, I had him as my top five. I was just trying to see if we grab up his tee time to be certain, but I think he might be in that afternoon. Yeah. Way over the first day, which only tells me that maybe start, put some on before we start the tournament, but then save some back in case he drifts just a little. Yeah. Because I feel like once he comes in off that, he might go sort of slow start, but then his second round will be big when he goes out early. And then, yeah, he'll be there when the whips are cracking, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Benny, yeah. this has been so much fun in person. You and I, I'm, I'm wearing one of my favorite t-shirts. It says, I like golf and maybe three people. Ben, you're like fourth on the yeah, list. Yeah, exactly. You, no you were so close, man. I was going to bet on you, top three, but I couldn't quite get it in. Uh, good luck to everybody out there for the Players' Championship. Remember, you can download, subscribe, listen, and rate the Links and Locks podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Again, good luck with all those tickets for the players this week. Here's open you! Hit the green.